Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Mark Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome as our guest, Bart Van Valkenburg. Bart, welcome to the program. Thanks, Bart. Well, Bart is a member of the board at Paoli Battlefield. Bart does all the bus tours for the Paoli Battlefield. He is involved in doing and maintaining and getting historical monuments up all over our area. Bart has just done a study on local railroads, which we will talk about on a later program. And for any of our listeners who has been recently within the last year to the Paoli Battlefield and has seen the cannon with one wheel in the middle of the battlefield, Bart is responsible. He made that cannon and it took him several years to make it. And so when you go out and visit the Paoli Battlefield and you read about the story of that cannon, you'll understand why it has one wheel. And uh, Bart made that cannon. So uh, Bart, I, I've known Bart now for almost four years. I met him four years ago when I did one of his bus tours. And Bart was very influential for me to get involved in Paoli. So uh, Bart, we want to uh, thank you for all your work that you do all the historical work you do uh, locally, and also listeners, Bart is a is a veteran, a military veteran, so we thank you for your service, and we thank you for what you're doing locally for trying to continue to, to teach us in this area about local history. Oh, thank you. So, uh, Bart, so j just jump right in, because Bart today <coughs> wants to talk about local veterans throughout American history. So he has done a lot of research and study in this area. So Bart, just jump and start with ever veterans that you'd like to, to share with the listeners. We, we can do that. Um, just a little couple other things is, um, aside from Paoli Battlefield, I'm also on the uh, board of the Bartram Covered Bridge down in Delaware and Chester County. Uh, and that's designed to protect the bridge. Uh, 1860 construction, and I'm also the vice president of the Tredifferent East Town Historic Society. That's one of my uh, fun programs. And at Tredifferent East Town, we hold monthly lectures for our members. And with this uh, COVID restriction and things, we've really throttled back on the visits and, and the uh, lectures. And we did two Zoom lectures, and fortunately, one of them was Arts Hunter did the uh, couple Civil War generals, and then <laughs> you're scraping the bottom of the up. barrel, Bart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a program in the back of my mind for probably four years, five years, and it's the local veterans of the Chester, Delaware, Montgomery County areas that have kind of stood out over the years, and uh, I presented that the Sunday before Veterans Day as a thank you to the vets. And it's one of these things where you try to cover everything and you look for famous people and not so famous people that have done famous, amazing things. And it starts off when you get to raise your right hand and take the uh, oath that to defend the Constitution as a person in the military. They give you a set of dog tags and you'll never forget them as long as you live. And there's lots of areas around Southeast PA that have memorials and honor of veterans. You can find them in parks and uh, near near train stations. 
Mr. Hifford Township has a big veterans memorial for all living veterans down in the uh, park. And there's a huge veterans memorial over on Westchester Pike, west of Newtown Square, and it's gigantic and dedicated to all of them. Uh, what we have in Pennsylvania, based in 2018, there was 840,000 veterans living in PA. Wow. Uh, 8.3% of the adult population. There's uh, 26,000 vets live in Chester County today. Huh. So that that's like um, seven out of 100 people in the county are vets. And when uh, after you get out of your military service, there's a lot of veterans organizations that are out there. Probably one of the oldest is the Grand Army of the Republic, and all their members are long gone. But that was the soldier organization for the Union Army after the Civil War. And two of the biggest that everybody knows about is the VFW and the American Legion, Veterans of Foreign Wars. And they were formed after World War One and supported the uh, veterans. It was vets helping each other. The Vietnam Veterans of America, that's, that's a, another strong group. Uh, I'm a Vietnam veteran, and most of us now are in our uh, 70s. And there's a, a new group that's really, really important, the Iraq-Afghanistan Veterans of America. And those are all the guys and women who have uh, done their duties in the in the Middle East and suffered through a lot of uh, hassles. They, they have diseases and lung ailments and stuff from trash dumps burning. And so they have their own issues. So with that said, I started looking around for veterans. And the oldest veteran by time was a man named Sergeant Andrew Wallace. And he fought in the French and Indian War. He's a Chester County guy. He was born in Scotland, and in 1746, he was 16 years old, and he fought in the Battle of Culloden, which was the battle between the Highlanders and the uh, king. And uh, so that was when he was 16, hmm. wow. 1746. But this guy is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps on ticking. He came to America in 1752. He was 22, and then he joined the Army, and he fought in the French and Indian War in 1754 when he was 24. So think about this for a second. Um, he fought in the French and Indian War in the 1750s. Then he took a break for a while, and then in 1776, he joined up again. He was 46 years old. <laughs> so imagine joining Yeah. Imagine joining the military at 46, and he was involved at uh, Three Rivers in Canada. Uh, he fought at Brandywine, Paoli, Germantown in 1777, Valley Forge in Monmouth in 1778, Stony Point in 1779. Then he went down south, and he fought at Camden, Utah, and Calpens in 1781, and he was at Yorktown hmm. well, in 1781. And by then, he was 51 years old. The interesting thing about Brandywine and uh, Sergeant Wallace was this young Frenchman came to this country and was given a um, generalship, the Marquis de Lafayette, and Brandywine was his first battle. And he was um, shot in the leg, and Sergeant Andrew Wallace picked Lafayette up and carried him off the field into a safe place. Huh. at a house where, where they treated his wounds. So um, 
Sergeant Andrew Wallace did a whole lot of <laughs> uh, kind of saving the country in France and everything. And he fought at Paoli. And the, the Paoli story is kind of interesting. He hid in a little cluster of chestnut tree saplings when the British were um, going all over the uh, property, stabbing and bayoneting and, and chopping uh, the American soldiers there up in the massacre. And he was a survivor. After the Yorktown, he was uh, quiet for a while. And then they had the Indian Wars out in the Ohio country in the 1790s. And didn't he join up again? Wow. 64 years old. <laughs> 64. 64 years old. to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I retired at 55. <laughs> and he was 64 and fighting the Indians. Wow. Well, wait a minute. He's not done yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the War of 1812. Huh. He winds up in New Orleans. And he's discharged in 1813. And he's only 83 years old. <laughs> my heavens. <laughs> um, and then, then he came back to Chester County. And this is the fun part about Andrew Wallace. He had cards printed up and things. And he would hang out at the Paoli Tavern and the Green Tree Inn two old taverns in the early 1800s that were used by travelers on the Lancaster Road. And Andrew would go up and tell stories of the uh, Rev War and the Indian Wars and the French and Indian War and hand out his cards. And he was looking for tips for people to buy him beer or, or whiskey. And uh, that was kind of his livelihood. Huh. Uh, he started getting old. And then he became kind of a a major hero in, in the community. And in um, uh, the 1830s, he's 100 years old, and he's still running around. He winds up doing traveling. Uh, he did an event in Baltimore and another event in uh, New York City where he died at 105 years old. Oh. And he was buried in one of the cathedrals in New York. How's that for a... a wow. Concept? That's uh, that's an amazing. He's 105 when he when he finally passes away. Right. Was he under the command of Anthony Wayne at Paoli? He says he was. Um, I don't see any written records other than his story. Okay, but he also fought at Stony Point. Yes, which was one of Wayne's get even battles with the British to make up for the Paoli massacre. Yes. So, um, conventional wisdom would say, yeah, Andrew was at Paoli with Wayne. And uh, the curiosity question it, for me was, since he finally is out there in 1792 through four with the Indian Wars, I wonder if he w was he under the command of Anthony Wayne out there too. I wonder if he, did he, do you know if he had any records? Did he know Anthony Wayne personally to, to stay involved with him militarily? I would say yes to both of those. Because uh, Wayne Wayne was a local, and in between times, Anthony Wayne was in uh, Paoli, where he lived, home still standing, and Andrew Wallace used to hang out at the taverns, and so I, I would think so. I would, I would, and neat old guy. And that's an amazing. He's 105 and goes through all these different battles and wars and continues to go on. Yep. Just, Bart, just to me. To let our listeners know, you mentioned the Paoli Tavern. Could you share with yeah. our listeners exactly where the Paoli Tavern was? Sure. The 
Lancaster Road, the Conestoga Road, ran from Philadelphia out to Lancaster. And in 1769, the landowners, um, the Evans family, built a tavern and in in Paoli. And its location would be the northwest corner of Lancaster Avenue and North Valley Road. And we um, put up a historical marker a couple years ago for the tavern on the location of where it was. And anybody that's curious, they can go to the Tredeferin East Town Historic Society. It's tehistory.org. And go to our website, and there's lots of information on that and pictures, photographs, and, and stories about the marker and, and mainline history from uh, Villanova to Exton and uh, Phoenixville to Newtown Square. So lots of good stuff there. And do do you have any record in your research of exactly where Sergeant Wallace lived in between all these floors? Yeah, no, I don't. Other than the uh, the trip to Baltimore and the trip to New York, where they were winding him, dying him as a 105 year old veteran. <laughs> That's an I hope amazing do that story. to me. Yes. <laughs> I don't get any free beer when I walk into a restaurant or a bar. <laughs> but you always get a smile and a wink from me, Bart, when I see you. So <laughs> Yeah, we do. There we go. So who what who else do you have that's such an interesting story about? Well, I like the nicknames of these veterans. And the one I want to tell you about now is old Gimlet Eye. <laughs> and I didn't know what the heck a Gimlet Eye was. And I looked it up, and it's somebody that has a, a stare and, and a look in their eye. When we were kids, we used to call it the hairy eyeball. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, old Gimlet Eye was from Westchester, and he was a Quaker. And he attended the Haverford School in 1898. He was born in Westchester in 1880. And his name was Smedley D. Butler, Smedley Darlington Butler. And Quakers don't usually get involved in wars and things. But he joined up in the Marines in the Spanish-American War in Cuba. And then he uh, went to the Philippine-American War, which was after the Spanish-American War in 1899. And what was really neat about Smedley Darlington Butler, he got a tattoo of the Eagle Globe and Anchor that started at his neck and ended at his belly button. <laughs> I mean, this he was a hardcore Marine. Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like it, yes. Yeah. And then he was in the Boxer Rebellion when he was 19, and that was 1900. So he spent a ton of time in, in the Asian area. And then he came back to the uh, North America and was involved in the... Um, Mexico and, and uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and he's just one tough little guy. Yes, yeah, sure at, was. At the Battle of Veracruz in 1914, Smedley was awarded the Medal of Honor. Mm, wow. Yeah, and he's just this, you know, young man with this tattoo from his neck to his belly button. And then after that, in 1915, there was a lot of action going on in Central America. And he was in Haiti, and uh, he was an officer at this point. And he was in Haiti, 
and they awarded him a second Medal of Honor. So he's one of very few men in military history, men or women, who have had two Medals of Honor. Wow. And then come World War One, he was a brigadier general, and he was sent to France, and he was such a great organizer and leader, he was put in charge of fixing the American camps in France that were having disease and all kinds of problems. But he had no combat in World War One, but he was he fixed a huge problem. Um, after World War One, he resigned the Marine Corps for a while and became the director of public safety in Philadelphia in 1924. And, and that was kind of like the head cop. And the first day on the job, he started busting all the uh, <laughs> uh, speakeasies and prohibition. <laughs> he didn't mess around. He'd give me a job and I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after, after he left Philadelphia, he went back in the Corps and retired in 1931 as a major general. General John Lejeune, who was the commander of the Marine Corps at that point, wanted Smedley to be the next commander, but Herbert Hoover and Smedley did not like each other. Mm-hmm. And huh. that's why he retired. And um really cool guy, lived in Newtown Square, um, wrote a couple books. Uh, they named a Marine Corps base in Okinawa after him. His Camp Butler. They named a uh, a destroyer in World War Two after him. And he was the most highest decorated Marine until uh Chesty Puller showed up in World War Two in Korea. And uh, Chesty Puller is the number one decorated Marine in Marine Corps history. But our Smedley Darlington Butler, buried in Westchester, is the number two guy with two medals of honor. Mm. It, Pretty cool guy. It, is, is his house in Newtown Square, is that still there or is it preserved? Is it a historical place? Oh, that's a great question, Arch. On Goshen Road, there's, it's Route 252 and Goshen Road. If you go east about a mile is the Darlington House, uh, the Butler House. And it was worn out and in dire need. And a, a couple bought the house several years ago and they restored it and overhauled it. And it's a gem. It's a, it's a beautiful home. Uh, yeah. And it's in existence today. And there's a big honor of this family that bought it. Remembering Smedley Butler. Wow. Oh, that's neat. Well, I don't think there's any markers or anything there, but, um, it's just a good job by people that care. Yes. And, um, that house is actually about maybe a half a mile before, before where, where I grew up in Newtown Square. So, uh, fascinating old giblet eye, huh? And, and the, the hairy eyeball. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you used to sneak past his house, right? You go there on Halloween. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I don't know, but did, did you mention when he passed away and how old he was when he passed away? Um, I, I mean, I know you said he died in 1940. 1940. So, yeah, he would have been, um, 59. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Died young. Must so, have been all that uh, hard living. Must have been, or, or those crazy people that live in Newtown Square. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we oh, have, 
we have a, a resident of Newtown Square who who has been awarded two medals of honor. What what a what a great legacy that is. So yeah, and here, here's the thing about the Medal of Honor. It's um it started in the Civil War, and it was one of those decorations that was handed out pretty freely. And then as it matured, the medal it started getting less and less given away. And since Smedley's time, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, and today even more, the Medal of Honor is extremely valor-driven. And you do not win the Medal of Honor. You don't go out to win it. Your grateful country awards it to you for heroic actions. And I, I kind of get in sense when you hear, yeah, he won the Medal of Honor. No, yeah. He, didn't yeah. he was awarded. And I got a couple other guys I'll tell you about that uh, well, the Medal of Honor. You know, Barb, we're running up against time, yep. so I would rather have you just, in our next program, uh, start at the beginning uh, with a few minutes we have left. You mentioned to our listeners, Bart, that you were in the military. What branch of the military were you in, and when were you in Vietnam? Okay, I was in the 4th Infantry Division and in 1970, and we were involved in the Central Highlands. And uh, also, I was involved in the invasion of Cambodia, where, if you remember the Kent State shooting by the National Guardsmen. Yes, um, yep. It was May, May of 1970. So, um, and I was on ground combat the whole time. And it was, wasn't fun, but I had really great brothers brotherhood of our reunion group and we're all online constantly and everything, staying in touch and do reunions. How long were you in the military for? 20 and 21 when I was in Vietnam. Okay. And were you drafted or, or did you enlist? I was drafted. Okay. And, and then when I got back from Vietnam, I had several months of duty to pull in the United States and I wound up at Fort Knox, Kentucky managing the guys that were drafted kind of as a, a sergeant that would get their shots and haircuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a little sideboard, the movie Stripes with Bill Murray, yes. Al Ramos, John Candy, those were my barracks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was a lot like Sergeant Holcomb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you read the movie or watch the movie, and there I am. So- <laughs> As we close, Bart, share with our listeners, please, again, where they can get a hold of the Tradition East Town Historical Society, please. Yep. Uh, www.tehistory.org. Tehistory.org. And it will take you to our webpage, and it's got all our quarterly magazines from 1936 and uh, tons of photographs, articles. Lots of cool stuff. So, and we'd also like you guys to join if you're interested in history. And there's uh, membership stuff on there and everything else. And listeners, I'd like to tell you that when we get past, when we open back up after COVID, I would highly recommend that you go on the Paoli Battlefield website and and get on one of Bart's bus tours to look at a lot of the the uh, local area Rev War. From Paoli, uh, it's just interesting how he unfolds that for you. So, Bart, thank you for sharing. We're going to continue on our next program. Thank you for your love for your country. 
for your service to your country, for your love to continue to want to help educate all of us about the history of our country and specifically about local history. So thank you so much for coming and sharing, and we look forward to the next program with you. Great. Thank you so much. This is WFIL 1180 AM, Working for Your Liberty. Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. A quote from Benjamin Franklin.